Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. Meg Anderson from Anchorage, Alaska. Meg is also a nickname of Margaret, which is Peggy. And Peggy is my girlfriend, and Margaret is a guitar one of my sponsors built for me. That I, a friend of mine built for me. He's one of our sponsors, but uh, he built it, and I named it Margaret. You go by Maggie, Margaret, Peg, Peggy, Mag, Meg, Meg. And how did you choose out of all the out of the half a dozen nicknames you could have for for Margaret? Why Meg? Or was that I didn't thing? choose it. Oh. I'm <laughs> going to say my family chose it. Legend has it that I was going to be Megan, but at the time it was a very unusual name. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I probably know six Megans off the top of my head oh, already. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. But it, it, people still think my name is Megan because it's Meg Anderson. So it's um, my name is Meg Anderson. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Meg Anderson. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so you're in Anchorage. Have you lived in Alaska or lived in Anchorage your whole life? Yes. Um, when I first came up here, people asked me what brought me up here. And so I told him I was conceived here and I always wanted to come back. <laughs> my, my folks came here on their honeymoon vacation. And so it was a little bit of a lie. I wasn't yes. born for a couple of years after that. That's but funny. it was um, someplace where I could go that was approved of and um, <laughs> could start my own life. And yes. I'm still here. But you've been here most of your life? I've been here since my 20s. Oh, okay. Okay. So the phrase I use is most of my adult life, but that only goes back 17 years. So <laughs> I decided I, wasn't adult, I didn't hit adulthood until I hit 50. So, <laughs> um, so what up to the allure? Because I've heard so many wonderful things. I've never been to Alaska. I've got family that have gone on the cruises. And I mentioned this, I think, to one or two of the other guests this week. What is it about Alaska that keeps people? Well, it's beautiful for mm -hmm. starters. It's tough. And it's wild. When I first was driving into, you know, I, I, I first went to Fairbanks and then I came back and was driving down the Glen Highway to Anchorage. And I was looking at these black spruce trees thinking those are the ugliest trees I've ever seen. But then you find out how old they are, how tough they are. And that to me kind of spells out. It's kind of a, a, an example of some of the people up here. There are a lot of unusual people up here. It's wild. It's when I first got up here, it was pretty crazy. It's definitely calmed down <laughs> since then. <laughs> so you were in your 20s, you said. So I'm going to just guesstimate that would have been back in the 80s 70s 70s okay well the, <laughs> i'll save one, you the embarrassment there, there was a lot of stuff going on in the world at that time and being in yes. your 20s at that time that you know i'm two years behind you a year or two behind you whatever so I, I get it it was a really cool time to be in a really culturally different place is that when you got into music or or no you know music was a, a part of growing up but um, I never picked up a bass guitar until I was in my 40s and was 50 before I picked up a six-string guitar. Uh -huh. And if I have regrets, it's that I didn't start music sooner. What got um, you I'm an artist. What got so you in? Oh, okay. You're an artist. Okay. So you've already been in touch with that part of your brain, right? Oh, yeah. It's hard to yeah. get out of that part. Yeah. And what brought you over to visual arts, like graphics or... Yes. What medium? Um, I was an art student, and um, there aren't really a lot of opportunities to become an artist unless you want to work for, you know, a newspaper, which, of course, I did, you know, advertising agency, mm -hmm. check, yeah. check, check, and then got the job of my dreams in the late 90s working for Alaska State Parks as in interpretation and education, interpreting the flora, fauna, the cultural history, the natural history. I mean, it's just... Um, it was perfect job for me. I couldn't have dreamed up a better job for me. It sounds like a, a really good whole brain job because you have to use that the analytical side, but you still get to see the art, the beauty of creation of nature and put those two together. And That's, culture. Yes. And, and culture. Okay. Yeah. And uh, 
and first guitar was a bass. And, yeah, I started and, playing bass when I turned 40. And why? Oh, I just was getting out of a, a relationship and uh, it kept me sane. It saved my emotional life. Yeah. Was it a stand up? Was it an electric bass or? It was electric bass. I mm -hmm. play stand up also. Yeah. Do you ever grab a bow and decide I'm going to try and play cello here? Or? I have not mastered that technique yet. Uh -huh. It's on my bucket list. Instead of jumping out of an airplane, <laughs> you know, I've got on my bucket list things like learning how to play a upright bass with a bow. That's fun. <laughs> how, walk me through that bass guitar to six string. How long did that happen? And when did the songwriting happen? Was that while you were playing bass or? Yes, but it's kind of hard to write songs on bass. Not impossible. A couple of them I've written completely on bass. I got a keyboard and started writing songs on a keyboard first. Oh, wow. Um, even though I don't play piano per se, you know, I could figure out the chords and, you know, the rhythm I wanted and then at least get it on paper. But the re one of the reasons I wanted to play guitar was because it's a it's a better tool for songwriting. Now, see, when I, I started playing guitar, I think when I was uh, 14, 13 or 14, and I always thought it would be an easier instrument than the piano to take to parties. I just never That's got true. good at it. I, I, I tell people all the time, I own guitars and I play guitar, but I'm not a guitar player. I just, you know, I know the chords. I know the fingering positions and stuff, you know, but it's, it's a great instrument. It's a fun instrument. Did you write music before you started playing? Like when you were? No, okay. no. And what tapped that part of your creativity? What got that going? Just you needed a new form of expression or release or what? That's kind of a good question, but I can turn that around because I asked my sister, who's an extremely accomplished pianist, mm -hmm. and I asked her um, if she'd ever did any songwriting. And she said, why? There's so many fantastic songs to interpret. That's and, hilarious. Um, That's a great answer. <laughs> but I think I probably had some things that I needed to express things rolling around in my imagination that I wanted to get on paper, just put out there, I guess. And in art, it's pretty solitary, Terry. And, um, you know, I enjoy being alone. I find myself very entertaining. Some people can't be alone, but I can be alone. But it is not very social. Mm -hmm, right. So music kind of opened up my world with teamwork. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I go to parties, I'm a little uncomfortable. And uh, so when I started playing music, it was like I'd get invited to a party and I, will there be music? Should I bring an instrument? Because that really relieved that tension that I have when I go into a social situation. If there's not music, I just usually stand by the food tray and stuff crackers and cheese in my <laughs> mouth. So the music thing really helped me be social for one thing without having to, I don't know, be nervous about it. Now, see, mine is like beer, beer or, or, or bottled water or something. I would, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't really have to talk to people. You can just nod and say, oh, I'm, I'm, I've got something in my mouth here. <laughs> well, once the music starts, the conversation flows just as yeah. easily, I find. Now, did you have a musical family? I mean, you play music, you write songs. You said your sister's an accomplished pianist. Yeah, and my father was a um, very good violinist. Oh, wow. In the Stefan Grappelli model, I guess you could say, he never played out. You know, it, it was for huh. him very solitary. My mother loves to sing, and my sister used to uh, get us all around the piano, and we'd be singing in three-part harmony, and then with my little wow. brother, four-part harmony. How fun. <laughs> yeah, mom, mom was the songbird in our family, so we were always around music. And uh, I play, my brother plays, my other brother plays. My sister sang from the time she was young to she's older than me now and sang in church choir her whole life. And we're, we're just always around music. I'm not as accomplished as, as y'all, but uh, uh, in fact, one of the pictures that we use on the, the website, the podcast, the Alabama serenaders, there's a picture of my grandfather playing the clarinet right there in the middle. You know, it's pretty cool. We've got a friend of yours coming on tomorrow, Hurricane Dave. And I wanted to bring <laughs> this up in the in the interview because a couple of his songs are really funny. And, yes. And, and that's kind of his niche. What I found in listening to a couple of songs that you sent for us that we're going to play on the podcast here was there's a touch of homage in each of the songs that you sent me. Like the first one that we're going to hear, uh, Old Chicago or O Chicago. There's a, a dedication to, can we say? Steve Goodman. Steve Goodman, yeah. Okay. 
Steve Goodman and not Arlo Guthrie. As, as Apparently, Arlo added a chord to Steve's oh, song. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. <laughs> and I didn't know this until you and I spoke, but uh, so I was going to ask or talk to you about Arlo Guthrie because my older brother, Michael, uh, Mike, uh, when we were younger, used to do the entire Alice's Restaurant with full, you know, <laughs> I mean, the whole bit. And his roommate could, could finger pick it. So it was uh, always a fun thing for us to do. So Steve Goodman actually wrote a song and you do a tribute to it in the song called Oh Chicago. Tell me how that came to you. How did it? I'm not sure how it came to me, but um, when it happened, it happened. And uh, it's got a very similar chord structure, the Uh progression, but a completely different melody. But what I found out, I knew it was going to work in my head. And Uh I can't tell you how hard it is to get musician friends to believe that this is going to (laughs) work. And... (laughs) No, 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 no! Don't come in there. Come in here, you know. Sing right, and then right. sing the sing the old city of New Orleans lyrics right on top of here towards the end. It'll work. No, trust me. And it's, it was in my head. I knew it would work. It's so clever how it, it came together. So I listened to that, and, I, and then when I heard the next one, then the next one, that each of them reminded me of another song in some way, shape, or form. I said, like with Hurricane Dave's comedy is like his niche, and yours is like something and maybe it's in your subconscious or something but there's a song that you heard there's a line or two in that particular song that i'm putting in this song because it it fits and it works and i love how you do it it's it's brilliant to me well thank you do you like uh songwriting more or do you like performing more i like practicing more than either one because <laughs> it's it and with people you know i'm getting together with someone today i either to try to again what's in your head to get it to come out it's like oh yeah yeah that works uh-huh <laughs> it's social it's fun so when you first did oh chicago did you write it out did you write out the music did you finger pick it on the piano did you pick it on the guitar did you have the lyrics before the music which came first that one happened pretty simultaneously i was scribbling down the lyrics and singing them at, as i was playing and that's pretty common for me to have it happen simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few songs that didn't happen that way. You know, I think I told you about writing, putting a friend's poetry to music. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Nancy those were separated Sh- by Schaefer. years. Nancy Schaefer, yeah. let's give her a plug here because I'm going to tell her to listen <laughs> to this podcast this week. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's, that's inspiring. Though. You can take somebody else's lyrics and then put it to music. The opening note on this song is the, the first time I heard it, I thought I closed my eyes and I said, I could see this woman doing Broadway shows with that deliver, <laughs> with that voice. I mean, it's seriously, or, or doing cabaret or doing like a jazz lounge singer. And the last song that we're going to do really nails that. And we'll talk about that a little bit, but is that the style that you modify yourself to, to, to do in performance? Is that, do you have kind of, cause it, it's, it's a strong and powerful presence. Well, thank you. Um, the first time somebody told me I might have a good voice was my uncle John. He said, if you'd quit doing imitations of Ethel Merman, you might be able to sing. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to say musicals and show tunes I absolutely love and probably why I like, why I like Cole Porter. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think a, my music is really show tune. I, I, let me just say, I never thought of that. But if you yeah. heard that, well, that's cool. I'm not your music because your music is separate, but the delivery and it, it has that real, you know what I'm talking about? That real dramatic presence. It's not overpowering. Oh, it's just, it's really strong. That's I, that's the best word I could use to describe it. It's strong. It's like I'm here, and you're gonna listen, and you can't <laughs> not you can't not listen, Meg. It's so good. Obviously, I become a fan. <laughs> so so uh, let's give it a listen. This song is called o, o Chicago. I don't know why I keep calling it Old Chicago, but it's O Chicago. And without saying any more about it, let's see if the listeners catch the the homage to it at the end. Meg Anderson from Anchorage, Alaska, and her song O Chicago. Leaving Chicago on a midnight train, son of a car salesman. Do you remember? Do you know his name? The man who wrote down that song. He was born 
Chicago, like I kept calling it. Our guest right now is Meg Anderson from Anchorage, Alaska, and we're going to get back to talk with Meg about a couple more of her songs. I want to talk about cats for a moment, though. I don't, I don't really like cats. I mean, I've had cats, and I just, I just don't like them. Now, though, maybe I'd be able to like them again. Kitty's Litter Box, a new innovation to the litter box, takes away a lot of what I dislike about having a cat, and that's mainly the litter box. Kitty's Litter Box is a completely biodegradable litter system that eliminates the hassle of cleaning out the litter box, changing the litter, washing it down. Yuck. I just, yuck. <laughs> it just, you open it. You introduce Kitty to the box. After about a month or so, you close the box and you throw the whole thing away. None of the extra cleaning of the litter box. Kitty's litter box makes ease of cleaning by eliminating the need to clean it completely. You just throw it away. So if you love cats and you love to travel because it's great for traveling too, you will love your cat even more with Kitty's Litter Box available at Kitty's Litter Box, all lowercase, no hyphens, no commas, just kittyslitterbox.com. Kitty's Litter Box, it's perfect. And we're with Meg Anderson from Anchorage, Alaska, incredible songwriter, incredible vocalist, as we've heard, and uh, want to talk about the song Rebels and Outlaws because as I'd mentioned in the first segment here, there's in your songwriting style, I hear lines and phrases of other songs 
that makes me think you're going to go this direction. You're going to go this direction. This one really reminded me, doesn't really remind me of it, but uh, Bobby McGee. What's what's the huh. refrain? What's the refrain? Freedom is just. It started at the beginning of the song sometimes. Freedom ringing in your ears. Freedom ringing in your ears. Right. So it made me think of but Postcard says, wish you were here. Freedom's just another word is Bobby McGee and yours is <laughs> freedom ringing in your ears. So it, it, it made me think that maybe you got inspired by Joplin, Janis Joplin. So it made me want to know, other than Ethel Merman and show tunes, who are some other inspirations for you in your singing? Oh, I used to um, love Janis Joplin, but I got mad at her when she died. No. <laughs> because I think she would have evolved. <laughs> People say she would have blown out her voice. I think she would have gotten smart because she was no dummy. Uh-huh. And she would have evolved and she would have been singing um completely different style because she was already evolving. Uh-huh. And um, she would have saved her. This is in my head. She would have saved her voice and um, be painting pictures like Joni Mitchell now. You right, know? <laughs> right. Well, I don't know if you saw there's a really good documentary about Linda Ronstadt. It shows how she evolved exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, she has commanded and, and are, are, are owned every genre out there she's done show tunes she's done uh, latino music she's done country and she's topped the charts and i wonder if janice were still with us would she stay in the r&b groove or would she go into something else would she have gone i'm absolutely sure she would have gone into something else yes i was definitely a fan the band she was with towards the end was much different than big brother and the holding company you know so who else besides janice was there were there other artists that uh oh yeah well, the summer I was grounded, I <laughs> listened to to a lot of Ella Fitzgerald. We didn't have a lot of oh. um, albums, and my dad had a, a jazz collection, a small uh-huh. jazz collection. I purchased the remastered um, Bessie Smith songs. You can still get it on. You can get it on CD now, but I've got the. I've still got the the records. Uh-huh. So those were some e- some some early influences, I guess. What about uh, what about like bands? Maybe not so much vocal style. Maybe your musical influence. Were you influenced like by the Birds, Crosby, Stills and Nash? Uh, did that have an impact, or was it more of a the rock and roll stuff, or more the the Motown sound? What do you think hit you the heaviest when you were developing <sighs> musically? I absolutely love good harmonies. And, you know, some people say tight harmonies, and that's when it's tight and when it's perfect, that's really awesome. But when it's loose and free and like have these counter melody things going on, I think that sometimes they call it descant, you know, where you're singing different words or singing at different times. Um, I I just love that. And um, that I'm having a lot of fun right now singing with a woman it's hard to get her to sing the melody she's a harmony person that's who she's always been yeah we're making her expand a little bit (laughs) but uh, i I say we meaning me (laughs) Uh (laughs) my brother and i did uh father and son cat stevens a lot and there's a uh a desk camp there and then i went to perform it with another woman who knows the melody but she's our age and she had never known that there was a descant to it i said yeah it's th- how do you not know that song and not know the descant you know because i just <laughs> never knew it was there and so i had to play it first because huh and it's just so bizarre but the song that i think of the most when i think of that is is the canticle that art garfunkel sings behind or i guess yeah he sings the canticle then well paul simon sings right or is it the other way around I, I always get it confused do you like harmonies or do you like singing melody more well, the reason I'm making my one of my musical partners sing melody once in a while is because I love singing harmony. So um, I'm going to say both. So when I hear, because I think on Rebels and Outlaws, there's another voice. It's me on that one. Okay. I'd have to listen to it again. I w- my first band was called Mac for Meg, Angie, and Kathy. Oh. And Angie was the harmony queen. And she s- sing the song and then tell us what exactly where she wanted us to be. But we played together so long that we knew who, whoever was singing the melody, we knew what part we were going to take, the third, uh-huh. the fifth, or even sometimes the seventh. We got we got pretty darn good at it. And so we had the pleasure of attracting some really good musicians to play with us because we could scarcely play our instruments at that time. <laughs> but, but we could sing the harmonies and it attracted some um, 
excellent musicians. A harmonica player, John Schlomer, world-class in my opinion, became a item as bands go. <laughs> what, what happened to the band? Oh, people move. Uh-huh. How dare yeah. they? You know, yeah. first, first Janice disappoints you and then other people move. <laughs> <laughs> don't they know they're here for your art <laughs> that's tough though isn't it especially when you're you've got something that's like magic but then there's always other musicians too and it opens up a whole new world mm-hmm. you network a lot like you're not doing anything but music now right you don't do anything but music or oh i've have... had a couple art shows this year and hope to have oh, some next okay. year too yeah so um i keep pretty busy we have a friday night music social i'm in Meg and her married man. We lost a married man um, in 21. Her married, and, um, married, married with a D, married men, right? Yes, with okay. an E. Yeah. And so when I play with just the one married man, we decided we'll just be Meg and Michael because it didn't sound right to be Meg and her married man. It just, that was just wrong. It was no longer cute. <laughs> but there are plenty of married men out there that we've uh, gotten to to fulfill a couple gigs if we can. Otherwise, we'll just do it as a duo. I've been working with this vocalist, and we're almost angels. We started doing Christmas gigs. Now, basically, have expanded our repertoire. We can do anything. Can, um, you, uh, any- can you? Can one make a living doing music in Alaska? It depends on what standard of living you want. <laughs> You can stay alive. You can put food in your mouth. Um, it's it's tough up here. It's yeah. very tough. Not enough venues, not enough desire with the, especially, you know, the COVID thing shut a lot of things right. down, of course. I'm sure you've heard that a hundred times. Well, and the pipeline, when the pipeline got shut down, it shut down a lot of businesses too. And uh, when the pipeline, yeah, I talked to a rocker that is on, I think scheduled on for next year, maybe even the year after, or he used to live in Alaska, whatever. But he said when the pipeline was there, you couldn't not work. Yeah. Uh, and you were always playing to a full house. But then when the pipeline shut down, you had a whole bunch of musicians and not a whole lot of places to play. And some world-class ones too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm just amazed at the quality up here so you're you're absolutely right but that doesn't stop people from playing well right musicians got to play right so tell me sometimes like this summer we're going to be traveling eight hours each way to play and what they pay will cover gas (laughs) (laughs) and your food wow (laughs) but it it's not a money maker let's just put it that way I told the guys in my band, and I'll say, if you watch or listen to this podcast for probably a month, you'll probably hear me say it at least six times. But I told, always told the guys in our band that we don't get paid to play. We get paid to move equipment. We play for fun. Oh, I say that too. I, I tell people when they ask how much, um, it, how much to hire our band, I say, well, we'll play for free, but to haul our equipment, it will cost. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So t- let's and talk about so the other band is oh, called sorry. Detour, and that's a Texas swing band. And oh, really? that is so much fun. So much fun. We are playing this, not tonight, but next Friday night. And the last time we played at this particular venue, we had dancers all night long. That's great. Uh, yeah, mostly- it, that, that is so fun when people dance to the music. Do you do mostly covers or do you do originals with that band or what? The leader of the band has a lot of originals, as do others in the band. Uh-huh. But he's got like 300 songs that were already kind of established. Uh-huh. I haven't introduced any of my originals yet, but we'll see. So tell me about this original, Rebels and Outlaws. Who's the rebel? Who's the outlaw? Again, in the opening the opening phrase, the opening uh, stanza, I guess, I, I immediately thought of Waylon and Willie. <laughs> I like it. I like that a lot. There, it's kind of a blend. Have you ever seen um, people wearing those coats with the big slits up the back for horse ri- horseback riding oh, and yeah, a cowboy yeah. hat? Yeah. But you know they don't have a horse. <laughs> 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 so it's kind of a, about a, a woman who fell in love with a, a poser. And uh-huh. he's got to be free. He's got to yeah. have his freedom. And he just keeps her hanging on by sending these postcards from all the places he's been. But, you know, it's not really who he presents himself to be. But I do like that uh, Waylon and Willie thing. Well, They're yeah. not posers. They're no, musicians. they are. Absolutely, well, they were the outlaws. And see, that's that's what made me think, again, that maybe you got from the outlaws, uh, Johnny Paycheck, Johnny Cash, 
they were all considered the outlaws. They were the rebels. They were the the rock and rollers in the country music scene or the country music people in the rock and roll scene, whatever. And they were across. Uh, Christopherson was one of them. You know, the highwaymen, they were all uh, mm-hmm. those outlaws. But so, some of them don't make it. It's all in their head. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what this guy is. It's he wants it but he doesn't have it. And he gave up something pretty special to chase a dream, which you can't really knock that. Everybody's got to have a dream. Well, it's a great story. And I want to play the song. Let's uh, give people a chance to listen to it. We're with Meg Anderson from Anchorage, Alaska, and a song called Rebels and Outlaws.
Rebels and Outlaws with our guest today, Meg Anderson from Anchorage, Alaska, and the Music of America. We'll be back with Meg to talk about another one of her songs. But I wanted to say this. If you're if they ever do a movie called Where the Hell is Tecumseh, Kansas, the answer is going to be easy. It's where you would find Monkey House Guitars. Monkey House Guitars is a small mage water guitar shop. If you can think it, they can build it. It's that simple. Some of the most beautiful handmade guitars you'll ever see, meticulously designed and crafted by your specifications. Nothing by machine, hand-laid frets, everything routed and sanded in the shop at Monkey House Guitars. The Multiverse Guitar is singularly one of the most innovative and interesting guitars I think I've ever seen being made. And I could see it being made via photos on Facebook, all from the hands of Luthier Mike Thompson, an amazing, amazing artisan. Please check out his Facebook page, Monkey House, one word, one word, Monkey House Guitars, Tecumseh, Kansas, where guitars go to get created, right? Meg, what do you play? What guitar do you play? You say you're a six stringer now. Um, my favorite one is a little parlor guitar, Seagull. I started to get shoulder issues. Really? Partly from waitressing for too long oh. and partly <laughs> from an accident. I've had two shoulder surgeries in the last five years. So, oh um, yeah, the little parlor guitar, I can get my short, stubby arms over without a lot of pain. <laughs> What's your longest set that you've had to do? Because to me, the standing, the standing gets to me more than holding, you know, strapping a guitar on. Oh, uh, no, I stand. I can stand all day. Four hour sets. But yeah. um, the older I get, the the more I appreciate the early three hour sets or even two. <laughs> well, now, a lot of artists, when they go and they just do their bit, you know, they're like at a showcase or a, a festival. You do one set, you go up, you play 45 minutes to an hour and you sit down and that'd be nice. <laughs> I've seen it happen. Yeah, but there's a problem with that. What songs do you play? Because everybody's got more than 45 minutes worth of songs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. It's like, I, mean, I can only take my favorite children. How do you choose? <laughs> exactly. The The next song, I'm so excited about the song. It's for a number of reasons. Looking for Joe Spinard. I had to research who Joe Spinard is, and I found some interesting things about him. So let's see what what you find interesting about Joe Spinard. Who is he? Who was he? Or was he? Right, right. Anchorage, like a lot of towns, has different areas with different names. Joe Spinard was kind of uh, notorious. I don't want to go so far as to say a con man, but he probably kind of was, you know, he, uh, uh, he built a resort on property that wasn't his, for starters. <laughs> He was colorful. had some businesses uh, that it just just were a little bit shady. Yeah. And Spinard, when I first moved up here, kind of had a reputation of having a lot of um, houses of ill repute and that's, um, and streetwalkers. Now, Spinard, for people that aren't from Alaska, Spinard is like a neighborhood of Anchorage, correct? Yes. Like like uh trying to like like the French Quarter is in New Orleans, you know. Right. Or I have to say I live in Spinard. Oh, you do. <laughs> when I bought my house, it was where I could buy a house for the for the for the amount of money I could get approved for. That's funny. Yeah. I I'm, mean, I'm, I love Spinard. I'm in Burlington right now, Burlington, Vermont. And so Burlington, Vermont has the North End, the new North End, the old North End. When I'm in St. Louis, Soulard uh Wentz or West yeah well Wentzville St. Charles they're all different communities of and that's what Spinard is uh, right. except Spinard and that's what I'd read about it. I thought that's so funny because you write a song in search of Joe Spinard and the first one of the first things I read about this guy was they've got a neighborhood named after him and it's known for its houses of ill repute <laughs> and he is <used> exact words <laughs> totally appropriate for <laughs> um for Spinard with his reputation I don't think that's why it happened, but um, <laughs> there was a story about him in a yellow car. Did you read about that or hear about yeah. that? Yeah. So tell me, tell me that one. Oh, I, I, I don't remember all the details oh, okay. because it's been years since I, I did a little study on him. You tell us. Well, uh, Joe Spinard read it. Yeah. Joe Spinard passed away about a hundred years ago. Right. Uh, he was one of the, uh, I guess, founders 
of Anchorage or whatever, pioneers that moved up there. And apparently there was a bar in town and uh, somebody had some cigars on the on on the bet. The bet was that if Joe would ride his yellow car into the saloon doors, this guy would give him the cigars, would give the cigars to Joe. And Joe never quite made it all the way through. So the other guy is still smoking his pipe and smoking his own cigars. And Joe never got him or something, something to that effect. <laughs> but it's a real colorful picture of who this guy was for you to write a song about him. So that's that. But how you perform the song just knocks me out of my shoes. I grew up, and we talked about this before, but I we grew up listening to show tunes. But I listened to like... uh uh, Doris Day, Julie Newmore, those what we called like the the jazz singers, the lounge singers back in the the fifties, sixties. And boy, you nail it on this song. Thank you. Where's that come from? Does that come from inside? Like, 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 like do you just figure like that's how you want to deliver this song, or is that just how you sing? I don't think delivery was as much conscious as like I didn't sit down and say this is how I want to sing it. Uh, but as the song evolved, I think the delivery also evolved. I got you. Because it just, it sounds like it was, and again, I've, I've not heard you sing except for these songs, and I've not met you except for a couple of phone conversations. And that song sound sounds like a song that was written for you. And your delivery of that song sounds like you were, you were just meant to sing this song. That's how it moved me. And that's when you know you're, you, you've done something special, when you can move somebody with music. <laughs> yes. I have to tell you something. There's a coffee stand called Joe Spinard's, and I kept driving by. It's like, they have to have my, my album. <laughs> 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 and uh, I drove in, and, and the owner happened to be there. I was talking to the barista and he peeked his head around the corner. He goes, yeah, we want that. So, <laughs> I, I can't wait to drive up there and get a cup of coffee and actually hear it playing in the background. That would be fun. And I imagine that's always, and then I've asked other artists this too. It's always exciting. They're like, uh, there's this younger group I interviewed earlier and uh, they heard their first song on the radio. And these were, we, we talked earlier about kids, anybody under 50, we call kids anyway. But these are kids. These are kids in their 20s, 20s, early 30s, whatever. And they heard their first song on the radio. And that's just one of the most magical things. Have you heard your song played? Oh, yeah. I was in my car one time and there was a show called Arctic Cactus Hour. And the DJ put my song between Roseanne Cash and Dolly Parton. It's like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Was it a country I song? I screamed. I was alone. And I went, ah! Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess Rebels and Outlaws can be considered a country song, but I wouldn't really consider your style country. It it it, it definitely touches the edges. Yeah. I mean, not this one. Not, not uh, looking for Joe Spinard. It's like, it just... That's jazz. <laughs> it's jazz and blues and blues and jazz. Yeah, it's so beautiful, and I'm 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 just so excited about the song. Show tune. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's give it a listen. So this is looking for Joe Spinard with our guest today, Meg Anderson from Anchorage, Alaska.
a joke Nobody else will do I could listen to an album of that style and and your voice like for days looking for Joe Spinard with our guest, Meg Anderson from Anchorage, Alaska. And we're wrapping up our conversation. The time flies when you're having a good time, doesn't it? <laughs> so tell us, where do people find you? Are you on Spotify? Or are you on Reverb Nation? Where do they find your music and what's coming up with you for the rest of the year? I'm really a terrible self-promoter. I thought when I retired, I would get better. I have a website, <laughs> meganders.com, but we got a new host and it jacked the website. But all the information's there. The website just is um, kind of mixed up. Meg Anders. Mm-hmm. It definitely needs to be um, refreshed, let's okay. say. Meganders.com. And I am on Facebook. Let's see, where else? A show's coming up or uh, anything coming up at the rest of the summer or maybe at the, toward the oh, end yeah. of the Oh, yeah. We will be, um, Meg and her married men and um, Almost Angels will be at the Deltana Music Festival and Fair in Delta Junction. That's where the Alaska Highway, the junction of the Alaska Highway is right there. Uh-huh. That's about eight hours away from Anchorage, but it's always a lot of fun to go up there. We'll probably be, I, I think I told you we were playing next weekend, um, but this will be broadcast after that. Uh, the yeah. Detour, the swing band will be playing next weekend. And um, let's see, where else? What about you personally? Do you have anything uh, like you're shooting for? Like you said, you want to update your your uh, your website, but uh, you want to put out a new album? Do you want to put out something new? Write something new? I do. i have a half a dozen songs that are have not been recorded Mm -hmm. but i kind of want to wait till i have a few more both Uh the albums i have out now sweet blue and wended road have 10 originals and two covers on Uh, cover well on wended road i covered a bob dylan song and i have to tell you about that song yeah Um, yeah let's hear it tonight i'll be staying here with you i was in hibbing minnesota for dylan days and you interpret a song and you uh, you know a bob dylan song and then mm-hmm. you sing an original song that you know supposedly would be inspired by being a uh-huh. fan of bob dylan so I, d- I did tonight i'll be staying here with you and this young man came up to me and i swear he wasn't coming on to me he was way too young <laughs> way too young i <laughs> said I've heard that song done so many ways, and that was the sexiest I ever heard it. Yeah. And I went, yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's got to make sense. Yeah, you still got a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and on um, Sweet Blue, I did a song written by a local musician, and he told me, he goes, I don't think you can do that song. A man is supposed to sing that song, but I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, and, and I also did um, Wayfaring Stranger, which is public domain. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, if I, if I, if I can come up with a couple more songs that I think are record worthy, I guess you can say, then I think I will produce another, another one. Any, any plans of ever doing like a theme oriented something? I'm going to say that they are loosely theme oriented. There uh-huh. were some songs that didn't make my first album because I didn't think they quite fit. So I put them on the second album, but there were a couple songs on my, on Wended Road, the second album that I didn't know if they would fit anywhere. So uh-huh. I put them on there. And one of them is a, a wedding song I wrote for a friend who was getting married. He didn't invite his friends to the wedding, but he invited him to the reception and told him that they were the entertainment and they had to write a song for him. <laughs> That's <laughs> and so I got him to play on, that, on the recording, though. And the other one is a Christmas song. And where do you put a Christmas song? So those two songs kind of went out of the, you know, the, 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 the theme, the loose theme that, that were developed was developing on, on those albums. Do you self-record or do you go to a studio in Anchorage or what do you do with your music? Wow. I think that uh, Wended Road was recorded in four different studios. Really? (laughs) Well, yeah, because I started doing, you know, 20, like in 2020 and I chose not to put some of the songs on the first album on sweet blue. Uh-huh. And um, then I went to another st- studio because it was more cost effective and then he moved. <laughs> and then I went to another <laughs> studio and things kind of blew up there. So I had it polished up at the, at the mirror. You know? So, wow. so yeah, uh, the second album, four studios and many years were involved. Yeah. And so some of the songs were written. I mean, one of them was finished while I was recording other songs. Wow. <laughs> I'll send you that song, Brom Bones. The, I want to hear um, that. We talked about that. Yeah. 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 Well, Meg, it's been so much fun. I, I want us to do, I want to do two hours now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Next season. That's right. Well, uh, Maybe I'll have a new album. You, you will. You will. You're going to have uh, Meg's Cabaret. All right. <laughs> I like it. Be fun. Meg Anderson, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, for being with us. Uh, Meg Anderson from Anchorage, Alaska on the Music of America. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.